Welcome to the Survival Prepper Show, where being labeled a crazy prepper is a badge of honor. Learn about disaster preparedness, survival, and get ready for whatever challenges might come your way. This is not your typical prepping podcast, and they won't be silenced by the censors. Here are your hosts, Duff and Dale. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, Brian and I were just talking in it. I'm sure it doesn't to you guys, but it feels like to us it's been forever since we talked because usually we're going back and forth. And this week we had the Sunday premiere, which I need to explain that because I goofed on that too with the live stream. Uh, But we had that and we recorded that a couple days early. So it's been, shoot, almost a week since we talked. So that's been crazy. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Yeah, and and on that Sunday premiere, I know there were some people in the very beginning. I had family over stuff, so I I jumped in every once in a while to just kind of check it out. But I didn't. I forgot to unlist or delete the live stream. So there were people at the live stream while the premiere was going on. So uh, my bad. Uh, I just that was a, a too many things going on type situation. But uh, uh, anyway, what's going on with you? A lot of news this week. <laughs> A lot of not yeah, so there's good a lot news, of stuff but... going on in the world. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff happening in the world. I'm just uh, chilling out. Fall's starting up here, so it's uh, getting ready to get out of Michigan probably next month sometime. So figuring Are that you? out, and then uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to do negative. There's every the old farmers almanac, and what they're saying up here is they think that they're going to get have a, a really uh, rough winter this winter, and trying to do that in a trailer, living out in a field when it's negative twenty isn't cool, you know. So you're like you're like the birds. You you migrate with the seasons, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm just a big, big, fat, sloppy goose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, at any rate, there there are a few things this week. Biden opened his yap again, and uh, Putin opened his yap uh, or today or yesterday or whatever. So I want to go through. We haven't talked about Ukraine in a while, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit yeah. and what's going on. Um, and uh. Yeah, and a couple other things as well. But uh, I guess we'll just start this off with talking about Biden. I'm, I, I didn't watch his 60 Minutes thing, uh, but from a couple of things that I saw, it it happens every time, and it really, it really bothers me because every time he talks, every time he says something, uh, it, it always gets, like, backtracked. Uh, from the White House. I mean, it's almost like when he when he has his little speeches or whatever, he's off the cuff. You got to wait till a day later to find out what he meant. And and it's like who's if if you, if that doesn't tell you who's running the show, nothing does. Because in that thing, he talked about climate, or he talked about what did he talk about? He talked about the inflation. It's just fine. He talked about protecting Taiwan, uh, and then he talked about how the pandemic's over, and then full. You know, full damage control from the White House. So, who really is, uh, you know, running the show? And it's not him. Oh no, I don't think it. I don't think it really ever is. You know, so you mean I, you mean as far you, as ever is the president? Like, singularly, yeah, I think it's always. I mean, how much can that one guy do? You know, like literally at that point. He's getting so many like like intelligence reports, right? Like that's been filtered down. You know, he gets like an eight page intel report on something that comes in from around the world that are pages and pages, right? I think it's synthesized. So he so much, I think, of the information can be controlled and stuff by it gets to uh, before it gets to him. And then with him, I think what you're getting is I think he really 
Joe, I think Joe Biden of old, before he got all his dementia, not saying that he wasn't always a, you know, kind of a brain damaged individual, but you know, with, with what he has going on now, um, I think Joe Biden of old would, would say, yeah, we're going to defend, ten, defend Taiwan. I think that's what he wants to say. I think that's based upon, you know, his history. It's not like he's ever shied away much from a war. And at yeah. the same time, that's not the narrative they want to play right now. So he says what he, you know, he's, he's struggling mentally. So he says what he says, and then they have to go back in and walk it back. Yeah. Well, it, it yeah, it's, he's, he's definitely not running the show. I, I, when I see this stuff, I think of it like, and you've been a, a general manager or a manager. Oh, you were, mm-hmm. or you were up there. You were, you were the boss of everyone. <laughs> I don't know what your yeah. official position well, I had was. bosses, but as yeah, I, yeah. I had a lot of people under me. At one but time. if you, went out and started saying stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the other people that are below you, not above you, but below you, your assistant managers or whatever started going, no, this is, this is what he meant. That would kind of piss you off a little bit. And it would piss me off a little bit saying, no, this is not what, that is not what I meant. But with him, it's just kind of like, yeah. And then he's got to go back the next day and backtrack. And this whole administration is just completely full of shit. And that's not to say all politicians aren't, but this one, I think especially uh, is just, it's it, the gaslighting with this is like full bore nonstop going on with these, with this administration. Yeah. Well, I I've seen, I've, I've read, caught some stories or reports or whatever the heck you want to call them where um, he's gets irritated with his staff for doing that. So I imagine Jill Biden is in there calming that dude down all the time. Right. I mean, he has dementia. If you've been around a person with dementia, when they start losing that end of it, you know, they, they get frustrated and angry and come on, um, man. you know, so I kind of think that, uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I think again, I think he's saying what he truly would believe if they, if he was him and they're just having to run interference with this guy nonstop. Yeah. Because he's actually saying the shit that, that he actually believes instead of the, the company line, which is, which is weird because Democrats historically are, like all on the same page, more so than the Republicans. Republicans are kind of, you know, in two, three different directions, but Democrats usually stick to, for for better or worse, to the same, you know, the same story. The economy's crashing, don't believe your eyes. We're about ready to hit an iceberg, don't worry about it. We got lifeboats for everyone, you know, that that type of bullshit that's coming out right now. Uh, this right here I saw the, the other day, and it just... This is the type of bullshit coming out of this administration. This is from his official Twitter account. And he's talking about how at current gas prices, a family of two cars is saving an average of 140 bucks a month compared to if prices had stayed at their mid-June peak. So instead of saying, and I this this response down here, that this is the better way to put it. And this guy corrected the tweet. He said, at current gas prices, a family with two cars is spending an average of $150 a month more compared to the prices if they had stayed at the 2020 20 or lows. Uh, so I think that's it's it's the gaslighting though. He's done this with the economy. He's done this well, with everything he's done. He has a a little celebration about his inflation reduction act as the Dow just just freaking plummets, and they're all well, just. They're, go ahead. Yeah. Well, what they're doing is he, he he's feeding the he's feeding the propaganda, right? I mean, both sides do this. He's feeding propaganda to his ardent supporters. Here's the storyline. So. If you go check out, go check out my Twitter feed, right? Uh, the Brian at uh, the real, the, the Brian Duff is what it is. The Brian Duff at Twitter. Anyhow, the White House, like 
every a couple times a day they'll put something out about how he's conquering inflation and his inflation reduction acts the greatest thing since ever it's it's really the guy in 1984 writing that stuff down and i'm yeah. always in there taking pot shots at him i go in there and it, i'm probably not doing myself any favors like i don't know i i don't think it's worked out for anybody in the in in any uh, in any country when they've, when they've gone on and openly challenged their government. So I'll go on there and like talk, you know, <laughs> Hey, here's an inconvenient fact about the, what you're saying. And I said, it was about the gas. I think the other day where it was like, yeah, but gas, you know, you're, you're celebrating these lower gas prices, but they were lower than this when you took office and they went up to that, you know, like you're, and, and it's funny to watch. I, I, I do it because I enjoy watching all his defenders, like just start lining up to try to figure out things to say to you. You know, yeah. like I got into it over the like with the immigration thing over in uh, where he where uh, DeSantis flew the people into um, what was that Martha's, Martha's Vineyard, Vineyard, right? So I'm like, look at this! Like here they go, they they show up to this you know this town, and next thing you know, they're you, that's all about this kind of stuff, and then like, oh hey, you got to go stay with the National Guard, go go hang out with the military, you know, pointed that out, and just watch all the people that start defending it, and it's like you don't get what it shouldn't even be. It be at that level, right? Like it, that, that shouldn't be a problem. Like it should be stopped much before that. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's kind of interesting watching, watching how they regurgitate these talking points that come out, come out of that side, CNN, MSNBC, the white house and, and everything else. Yeah. It, it's funny. All the hip, hypocritical BS that's out there too. You know, all these politicians, mm -hmm. all these media outlets talking about it's trafficking, it's kidnapping and blah, blah, blah. Look at, look at what's going on down at the border. You want to talk about trafficking and kidnapping? You know, address that, too. Doesn't, it doesn't make, well, you know, your, your moral, the moral side of it doesn't make it correct what they're doing. But at the same time, you can't bitch about that if you're going to ignore the huge problem down at the border. And it is huge. You'll see. And, and what it's interesting that what's lost on both sides in the middle of this argument, really. And I think one, each side will use this to, when they can. But I think what's lost on them is it's all like these people that are that are getting sent there. They're getting screwed all everywhere. Every bit of this, they're kind of the ones getting screwed. And, and we say, well, they're getting free travel and stuff like that. They're being used as pawns. They're people. Right. And they're being used as pawns. And maybe it's breaking this way for them right now. But like they're at nowhere in here. Is it like anything done out of the concern for like, let's do what's right by our country. And let's do what's right by just being good people, right? Like we, we've talked about, it. you can fix the immigration problem. Bring them in here on 20-year guest worker visas or something. Like they can fix this. They don't want to, again, because there's no, we talk about all the time, there's no cure in that, right? There's no money in Yeah, that. yeah. The thing that pisses me off about it is regardless one side or the other, we're all paying for it. We're paying for them to get shipped. Yeah. Granted, it's not as much as the border. And then down at the border, we're paying for all that stuff. And that is something that we could be paying for years down the line when everything, you know, with the uh, all, just all sorts of different ways. Harold Ford, hey, I was so watching. Look, hey, what's up? Oh, hey, here's a question. We should look this up at some point, man. What company or companies has the has the cell phone account that when they give them the free cell phone to use? What companies are getting that that free? So, I mean, someone's paying paying a cell phone company to provide them with you know airtime. We we call it airtime overseas, whatever. But to give them cell phone, uh, you know, access through the the the, the phone. Yeah. So who? Why do wonder what companies are making a bundle off of that? Yeah, yeah. It's all that stuff you don't hear about all the time. But yes, behind the scenes, 
all this stuff that's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason they're so adamantly just ignoring the whole situation like it's never happening. And that's this this administration's mo is just just don't talk about the bad stuff. Talk about the good stuff. And if it's if there's some little sliver of good in it, then we'll we'll run with it and we'll you know that's this this whole administration. Um, oh, you know what? I forgot in the beginning of the show. We are going to be moving this show to Monday or to uh, Wednesday mornings. Actually, uh, it'd be morning my time. It'll be noon on the East Coast. Uh, that's right, right? We're going to do it at 10. Is that, that yeah, going to work 10 for you? 10, 10 o'clock. Everybody, yeah, we're, we're going to do it. At, that's 10 o'clock Central Time. It will be noon. Dale always confuses the heck out of me because he always talks about everything in Mountain Time. My time is the like, only one that matters. It's like, dude, like who is on Mountain Time? Mount, the only the people on mountain time, yeah, all the people that quit when they got to the mountains in Denver and they stayed. They didn't go over the mountains. They stayed. They were going to California and they said, nah, we're going to stay here and make this the pl- wonderful place that it's going to be. Uh, and they quit. And then they then they all got on this wacky time. It's either East Coast or it's West Coast, man. It's only two time zones out that you should really concern yourself with. Sa- says the guy so that's got to take off when the temperature dips below 50. <laughs> Yeah, That's they natural, saw those mountains man. and they I'm, said, like, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm traveling with the geese. I'm traveling with the geese. So, no, we'll be on at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. And if you live in the middle, the two people in the middle, two time zones in the middle, figure it out. Sometime between 9 a.m. and noon. Yeah, 10 o'clock for those of you that live in the in the, in the in that flyover part of the country. Dude, and how, I mean, think about it. You're in the mountain time zone and like, dude, like it's flat as a pancake where you live. Like you even appropriated the time, the name. <laughs> hey, l- okay, all that gibberish liberated lady in the chat said, so when is at what time? So uh, t- noon Eastern, just go by that. Noon Eastern, we'll be on in the morning. We'll have it scheduled, so just go to our channel, uh, and then you'll see Blabbercast, and you'll see when it is on there, so um, you'll see exactly when it's it's we're going to go live. We have to do that yeah, because of our scheduling say- and stuff, so... You can you can set reminders and all that when you go in there on those on those episodes and releases. Yeah, so get notified. I set I set the reminders so I because sometimes I forget and I show yeah. up a little bit late and Dale gets nervous. <laughs> well, and sometimes YouTube forgets or you have to be logged in to get that reminder and all that. But it is that one other, yeah. um, just one other thing you can do just to get get notified that we're going live. But. Um, with that, I was watching today. I don't know if they did or not, but did the Fed raise interest rates? I hadn't looked all day, but I read some stuff this morning that said that they were uh, most likely going to. I've heard two to th- at least two to three more times that they, they plan on raising the interest rates. Yeah, yeah. I heard today that they were thinking about that it was either going to be like three quarters or a full percent or something. Uh, but mm-hmm. it it seems to me, and I get your thoughts on this, I mean, this is why this is this is it. We're seeing in action why we left the gold standard and we're seeing the Fed at work trying to um, either stimulate an economy. I think they're they're trying to pull us into a recession uh, to what what do you mean by why we left the gold? What do you mean by why we left the gold? standard? Because they they have more control. They can manipulate things now, whereas when it was on the gold standard, it was there. There was a lot of volatility, and that's why they wanted to get. Um, that's why the Fed was set up is so they could manipulate things and and not yeah. have people freak out. So they could cheat, basically. Well, well, I mean, you think about it, right? There's the 
the economy, the, whatever the numbers that output the economy, those are all determined by formulas. So they write the formulas mm-hmm. to do it. So ever since we left the gold, I mean, if you say that, hey, here's how much gold we have in the world, this is how much gold's worth, and you have X amount of gold, you know that you always know what your currency is based upon that gold. Everything since then has been like this agreement of on formulas. And they control the formulas. They can we, we talk about the the consumer price index, right? How they use substitution. They bake substitution in the into the CPI that determines the inflation rate. So when something, if you're drinking milk and milk gets too expensive and then change to Kool-Aid, they go, oh, well, they're drinking Kool-Aid now. So they they adjust the consumer price index based upon Kool-Aid, not the milk. Not saying that, well, the reason they're not drinking the milk is because it's too expensive. They literally wrote in like a safety valve into this. Yeah. Right. So I, th- I think that's the problem ever like that you're referring to is since we left the gold standard, it's all hocus pocus. Yeah. Our economy, the value of the do- dollar, the value of everything is all hocus pocus. It's a bunch of elite to green upon, you know, stuff. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, you think about it. China agrees when their when their dollars down, China basically is saying, yeah, we're letting the world tell us, like evaluate and tell us what we're, our dollars worth. Like that comes from somewhere. You know? Yeah. Well, it, it gives them, basically, it gives them the, op- they, it removes the roadblocks and the rules and all that for them so they can continue to do the things that they need to do. And this is for corporations. This is for traders. This is for politicians. All these people that, you know, that a whole, the whole idea of a budget, gone forever. It, it probably, uh, the whole idea of fiscal, you know, being responsible <laughs> with the spending. I mean, you look at this, this whole, it, all the inflation that's going on right now, it, it hasn't stopped this administration from spending like a wild man. And it was all started. And you can say maybe it wasn't this administration. Maybe it was the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think it was the res- more so the response to the pandemic that put us in the this what? position or, or it exacerbated mean? it. No, but what are you talking about? Like, put us in what position? The inflation position, the position we're in right now financially oh. across the globe with the high prices and all of that stuff, uh, I think is all a byproduct of everything that was done uh, during the pandemic. And I mean, I mean granted, it was, it was bound to happen one way or the other, but I think they made shit worse by the things that they did. Yeah, I think they run, you run into the, the thing that this is the end result of everything since 1971 when they went off the gold standard, right? Yeah. This is the result of they've been manipulated. If, if they manipulated it well and they were able to control it as well and have stuff, it, it maybe it wouldn't be this situation. And maybe if they can manipulate it and it's this bad, maybe they want to be bad. I don't know. You know, I was thinking about this week and I was going back to, you know, the, the whole wet market versus lab leak thing. So, pretty convinced that it's a lab leak right for the coronavirus is a lab leak so then it goes back to the question of well was it accidental or not well because they covered it up to begin with and maybe they covered it up because Fauci knew that they shouldn't have been messing around and it was accidental but you can't I don't think you can think that it would I don't think you can consider that it was accidental without considering well why it was intentional and then what were the reasons why it was intentional right that go, then if we flip over to where we have our recession stuff, well, it, it set up the ability to do that. I mean, Trump would have been reelected had it not been for coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's a lot of things that happened out of this. So then it gets back, you know, you go back, okay, 
Well, they can manipulate the, the financial markets because they control all the inputs basically in a lot of ways or the majority of it, and they control how we interpret those inputs. Then, then we'll, why wouldn't it be fair to say that the recession is manufactured as well? Yeah. Well, and then you add in, and this is, we're kind of going down the conspiracy theory hole here with this. And we're going yeah, to talk yeah. about this more on Sunday, uh, the 2020 or 2030 agenda stuff for the world economic forum. But you factor in that aspect of it with the control, uh, how much control it, whether that was a test just to kind of game the system. But what they saw was regardless of whether it was intentional or not, what they saw was they absolutely could. Uh, there's a little bit of pushback all over the globe. Uh, but for the most part, people complied with them telling them what to do and when to do it and all of that stuff. And there was, like I said, there was a little bit of pushback, but it ultimately it worked. And then you got the whole misinformation campaign that that is a huge thing now where controlling the narrative is is that next step of all of this stuff. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that came out of that that they can, uh, you know, whether you believe it was intentional or not, that they can use, uh, you know, coming up for the next not intentional <laughs> pandemic or, or, or crisis or whatever, never let a good crisis go to waste. Um, well, you so, know, you think about it, man, the, um, I, I think when you look at the intentionality of it, you can, there, there's so many reasons why it could be. And, and what better than to use something like a virus, right? That, to divide people to say, Hey, let's see who align, who will get on board with our shit and let's see who opposes us. Let's put the fear of death in everybody of, Hey, you know, on the people who, who didn't buy the whole virus stuff, the fear, the lockdowns caused the reaction and the people who were all about the lockdowns, the virus, Oh my gosh. You know, so everybody was in, in their, their fear mode, get people divided along those lines and see who's going to get on board with your stuff and see who isn't. I mean, yeah. that, what, what what's what's kind of forced this populist movement going on around the world? Well, the 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 the, pan, the, the pandemic, COVID, how whatever you want to call it, the health thing, the you know the, the the power grab, whatever you want to refer to it as. But that's what that's what kind of started moving this, and they've now they've identified who is who on both sides. Yeah, you know, they know yeah. all that information now. Yeah. They have, and and we've talked about the NSA and all that stuff. So I mean, just shot those names down, you know. Make sure that uh, they they've saw, they've seen. I suppose they've gotten some data on how big the resistance is going to be for something if they were to pull it out later on. There there are still, even though Joe Biden said the pandemic is over, and then his White House said it's not over. There are still people, probably those same thirty percent of people that believe he's doing a good job no matter what he does. Uh, there are still mm -hmm. people that believe that this is, you know, that they won't go out of their house. They're, they're double mask. I mean, all yeah. that stuff. Those people that are just well, completely living in fear. Those people are still out there. So, and, and well, I don't think that's I mean, the, think about the, it. What's up? I, I said, you think about, we talk about George, like we, we go back to George Bush. Like, look at, like we, we were talking about when we did the Patriot Act show, right? We were all about it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Let's put in all this stuff so we can surveil the world. Let's do all this stuff. I, I was on board with all that. So I can, I, I know firsthand, yeah, you kind of do, uh, how easy it is to get sucked in that. Like, oh yeah, I think we should go over there and attack that Iraq country. Cause obviously they got weapons of mass destruction that like was a milk truck or something, whatever it was, you know? So on this yeah. end, I, I see that the people that are like, oh my gosh, it's this virus. It's even, you know, you, you think about it. There was really like, there was no weapons of mass destruction. that was like, oh, they're doing all this terrorism. We, we, 
we, by doing what we did, we opened the door to create the terror, a lot of the terrorism stuff that came out of Iraq, but it was all like this invisible sort of enemy to us. Right. Cause there was really never any weapons of mass destruction. And then you have, what do you have? You got this virus. No one can see the virus. Right. And so they, they both had us at these different times da- using these, you know, it, the Patriot came on the heels of nine 11. So they're using these things like, Hey, what can we do to get these segments of society, man, and, and use it to increase their, their power. Look at the power they've grabbed since nine 11 off of international craziness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even the pandemic on a, on a more global uh, level, I think they've, that you've seen all that stuff happen. So yeah, it's just the news is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. <laughs> uh, it's, it's crazy. We are going to talk about that. Cause I heard Fauci the other day talking about how he's not going to retire in the typical sense or whatever, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm retiring, but I'm not freaking going anywhere is what I heard. Uh, you've got a couple of things on him and then the, um, uh, the, uh, the pandemic and all that stuff as well, the world economic forum and, uh, let me look at my notes and find out what the hell hey, I'm did actually talking about. Did you see that? Uh, the lab leak. Did you see the Rand? Did you see the Rand Paul clip in in the Senate of Rand Paul asking him, uh, Fauci basically for a breakdown on what directors and leaders and, and and scientists at the NIH how much money they made off of COVID. Like from getting like you know all this crazy money from the drug and like and, and like shares was this and shares that and they won't release the information. Yeah, go figure. Like huh? Fauci won't answer the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's a certain set of people that really banked on this, and if you are on the side of big pharma, you are probably one of those people. Yeah. So yeah. very very interesting. That'll be an interesting conversation. That'll be a fun show. World Economic Forum. A lot of lot of conspiracy with that, and then the the whole lab leak thing, and and Doctor. Hey, we we should try to change our vernacular. Should we should we keep using the term conspiracy? Because we say conspiracy, but we're talking about the World Economic Forum. I know what the segment is that we're we're talking about. So literally, we're going off of what they have said. They've openly said and written in blog posts and put out there. So can we call? Should we like it makes it sound like it's not real when we say conspiracy? What do you think we should call it instead? Yeah, something like conspiracy fact, something that that goes to the fact that it's not yet proven, (laughs) but it's... How about inconvenient truth or inconvenient fact? Yeah, or just the, the, yeah, inconvenient truth. I don't know if that goes over like conspiracy theory does, though, but yeah, yeah. But I agree with you. We'll have to figure something out, because I do agree with you. Just because it's a conspiracy theory right now, that kind of connotates the fact that it's, oh, this is... Uh, complete BS, and well, you know you're you're making this shit up, stuff like that. But actually, it we're talking about just like when the lab leak thing first came out, just like when we were talking about inflation back then. It was all conspiracy theory, quote unquote conspiracy theory, sure. until well today, it, and when it's all a great true. reset, right? I mean, if if I go up to people who don't know any better and I start talking about the great reset. They're going to most likely they're going to tell me I'm crazy. You're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. But the great reset is literally on the World Economic Forum website. Like we know they openly talk about it. Yeah. So that's why I say I don't think we can call it a conspiracy theory because it's not a conspiracy. It's I don't know. I don't even know that. Who's it an inconvenient fact for? It's nobody. I mean, for, for the people who don't know any better. Yeah. It's just a, a set of facts, a template, basically, that has not yet come to fruition. So, 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. We got to figure out a different term uh, other than, you know, maybe conspiracy fact, I don't know, or unproven fact or un, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, most of them that we talk about, I mean, we talk about some crazy stuff too, but most of them we talk about are kind of projections or predictions of how things are going to go. And a lot of time we're right. I mean, I'm not going to say we're always right. I'm not going to be one of those dickheads and be like, I told you so. I told you. But sometimes, most of the, a lot of times we're right. So, so wait, let me, okay, here's a question for you. Let me label, let's do this. If we have to label something with conspiracy, which would you label the conspiracy? The <laughs> lab leak theory or the theory that it came from a wet market? Yeah, that's where I thought you were going to go. There's, I was like, the, the people that are trying to make you buy a certain story or the people that they're, are trying to sell you? It, it's the old, it's the old like intel thing, counter intel thing, right? Deny, 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 make counter accusations. That's yeah. exactly what they're, no, it's not a lab. They, no, it's not a lab. I couldn't have come out of the lab. You're a conspiracist. Right? They just, it, it, that's exactly what it is. Because really, since we pretty much know that it came out of the lab, the people that, are, that still try to think the wet market they're the conspiracy. Like that's the flat earthers. It's not yeah. like the predominance of fact is the other way, but see how they have us. So we like, Oh no, it's just a conspiracy. Cause it goes against the narrative when the narrative is the conspiracy. Well, if you, if you were to do the, a little pros and cons list, right? All the pros, uh, pro uh, lab leak there, there's a, a 50 different pros in that column. The only cons, there's a few of them. Unfortunately, they're the guys working for the NIH. They're the ones that have something to gain from pushing this lab leak or the pushing the wet market theory. So that's the yeah. stuff and that's the credible sources you get from the news these days. So they're the ones that are are to be believed. Uh they're the ones that, yeah. you know, towing the company line. So yeah. Well, yeah. it's interesting you use the word pros and cons because those people, those scientists that we say the cons really should be cons <laughs> as in convicts, right? Yeah, con man, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, I, I was going to get, I forgot to get into this earlier. We we started talking about a whole bunch of other crap, which is, you know, par for the course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with what's going on in Ukraine, we haven't talked about that in a while, and there's a few different things about this. Um, I have, and, and it, honestly, it's really tough to kind of figure out what's true and what's not, because there's propaganda coming from both sides. We're getting it from our own government, um, getting a narrative fed to us, getting a narrative fed to us from the mainstream media, the social media outlets, all that stuff. So it's really hard to gauge what's happening. But from my understanding, and then we'll get into what Putin said today. From my understanding, it looks like, and I've always thought maybe that Russia is letting them, or, or Russia's losing because they haven't put their full force behind it. I'm not so sure about that anymore. I think Russia mm -hmm. is kind of really losing their grasp on this situation. But again, mm -hmm. I don't know what to believe because this is the story that I'm getting fed. What are your thoughts on how this is all evolving? And then we'll talk about Putin or you can talk about both. It's up to you. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I, you have to go with the 72 hour or 144 hour longer kind of uh, cycle with Ukraine because so much stuff comes out early on as bullshit, uh, you know, from both sides on that. Um, I, I think they're buckling down for a long war. My understanding is in April, they the Ukrainians were looking at going to the peace table, and then Boris uh, Johnson, Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson, and some other people from the Brits rolled over and like, no, you're not doing that. 
And so they took that off the table. Um, I've heard that uh, people that are going over there to vault, you can go over there and volunteer, basically go work as a contractor, you can mercenary, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, my understanding is they're signing those dudes to three-year contracts. So the Ukrainians are, so you can go, you know, go, go over there and work. If you want to get your war on, go have at it. And then, um, then we see what, you know, Putin is talking about today. I, I think a couple of things have hap happened. One, you know, it goes back to the whole communism thing. Like I don't, it, it's the same thing I think with the Chinese army, Th those militaries always shit on their troops. It's, it's very, you know, in, in China, you don't question your leadership, you know, and you don't really question your leadership in the American military so much. And it's a lot different over there. Like, there's a really big hierarchy in those communist countries. They they treat their troops a lot of times like shit. So I, I think it was like when we remember the Iraq, the, the first Iraq or the first Gulf War. Oh, he's the fifth largest army in the world. Like, oh my gosh, this might be. And then we smoked him in like a day. Right? Yeah, it was smoking like a cheap cigar. Yeah, I think it's kind of the same thing. You know, you have a relatively small country that's given Russia all can handle now. Every, I think every country in the West right now is trying out every bit of military technology they have over there, right? There, there's a lot of, they're, they're talking about facial recognition drones, um, all kinds of stuff that's happening over there. So military industrial complex wants us to keep going. Obviously the Brits wanted to keep going because they talked about the peace street, doing peace. Biden administration wants it to keep going. I think it's, you know, I mean, look how long we've been going back to the Trump administration, how much, ruckus has happened with ukraine so i think they're going to keep this thing going and i just hope that it it doesn't develop into something worse i, I think the test is going to be winter time though because you're, you're talking about europe needing heating oil and heating gas and all that so um they're already having financial like europe's having tons of economic problems their recessions are huge uh france just is do, is saying that they're going to print up a bunch of money to help bail its citizens out germany's talking about the same which when they print up money, what's that doing? It's running up their inflation. So yeah, um, I, I think by February we'll see what's I, we'll see what Europe does. Whether Europe buckles because again they need to keep their citizens warm and fed and 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 such. So um, where if Putin's calling up the reserves like they say he is, um, you know what does that do? My understanding is in Russia they all think that this is all, most people think this is justified. Well, so. I was I was reading some stuff today that is and and again, who knows what the truth is, right? Because you get the propaganda, you get the you you get told the line here in the United States that you know what what they want you to be told. So, but I was hearing things like that he's feeling pressure from his people because this was something that was supposed to, you know, only last a little while and now it's something that's gone on longer that maybe all these billions of dollars that we're pushing in there, he didn't expect all of that to happen. So this is taking longer than he expected. Um, then he's got the, you know, the conscription stuff and he's pulling up the reserves and all these different things that the people are just, you know, pretty soon you, you would think that they're, that the people are going to get pissed when their sons and daughters, uh, I don't know if it's daughters or not in the Russian army, but their sons are going over there uh, and fighting and getting killed for, almost I think of it like like if we were to have separated from California 30 years ago and, and I don't know maybe I'm wrong on this but and then we decided uh, this part of the country decided we needed to go get California back that's kind of what I think about with this because they used to be part of Russia 
So it's almost Russians fighting against Russians. Well, in a lot of ways, yeah, it was their part of the Soviet team, 2016, the Maidan. They had a coup, right? There was a Soviet backcountry uh, government. And, you know, I mean, hey, Soviets were doing, or, or not Soviet, excuse me, a Russian backed government in there. They were doing the same thing that we do. They were, that Russia was propping up the government. We were trying to prop up the other government. They they had they ended up having this this coup where we are the guys we backed took over the government and then several of the the uh, like the states or whatever on the border of Russia they they're like hey we didn't vote for you guys we don't want to be part of Ukraine like we didn't vote for you guys you we don't want to be we don't want like this is an illegal government is what their thing was that's that's not the government we voted for. So that's where you had those breakaway kind of republics. And for years, they've been fighting out there. Russia was basically having mili- their version of military contractors go in there and fight. And that's where you have a lot of the this, like the Azov battalion, the Nazi battalions that were running around in Ukraine. They were over there. They, they were kind of like these stand-up militias. They weren't really, they, they were backed by Ukraine, but not so much. And so you had all this weirdness going on. Then we start pushing on it. And start saying, hey, join NATO. And there's all this NATO stuff going around and start talking about weapons and that. And so I think eventually, you know, they they kind of were doing a putting a lot of pressure where I, I think Putin was like finally felt like, hey, I have to jump in and do something because this is I can't have this country sitting on my border like that. And he goes in there. And I think part of the problem that you have with these the, the, those militaries, again, they shit on their troops. But one of the other things where it affect I think it might have affected Putin was. The those commanders don't they don't like reporting bad news like you weren't going to be the commander very long if you reported bad news to Stalin. Right. Like you were going to the gulag getting shot. So they don't want to report. So I think there's been a lot. You know, he probably thought his guys were a lot better than they were, I assume. And so I, I think you're seeing like just I think across the board, you're seeing all these big systems that have been in place for a lot of years. Big governments. I think you're seeing them start. They're 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 sputtering, man. It's it's all. They're, they've run their existence and they're and they're, they've stretched their stuff to be they're so corrupt the corruption's eating them and you're, you're seeing it here in the u.s over there in russia it's if you notice all these countries are having issues where their people aren't happy and like you said like we were you know we we whenever bodies would come home from iraq people pretty noticed right it was a big deal they've had tens of thousands we had five thousand and change from iraq you know not counting wounded uh, military guys, but they've had tens of thousands. So yeah, I think it's a lot different for them. Yeah. Well, and like white rabbit said, if, if Russia is allowed to go after and reacquire former terror territories, why not Mexico or France or Spain? Uh, Brandon put in there t- something about Mexico yeah. coming after Texas to get their stuff back too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's sort of, and, and like I was talking about with California, I wasn't saying, you know, justifying it, saying it's justified, sure. but it is that t- same type of situation. So it's, it, just because he wants it doesn't mean that that it's it's his for the taking. Now, granted, he's got this idea that this is part of uh, this was mine, kind of like uh, China and Taiwan, right? This was mine in the first place, so I'm just taking it back. That's his mentality. That's why he said with Crimea that, and I've heard a couple people talking about, you know, he's got his own nuke rhetoric going on again. Who knows um, mm-hmm. what that means? But I I heard somebody talking about if if Ukrainians try to take back Crimea, that's when the nukes would come in because he does see that as his territory. And and I guess it kind of is because he's had it for a while. 
Uh, whereas those ones on the edge that he's trying to say right now that those are part of his, they're not really. Those are contested. So, well, I think things that he that's probably being you know a little pain in his ass is I don't believe he's attacking any supply lines right now. So you have, you know, U.S., Brit, all these other countries pouring stuff in there. He's not attacking the other cities. And I think his thing is like, you know, World War II, they'd be bombing the cities, they'd be bombing supply lines and all yeah. that stuff. So in some way, I think, you know, it seems like there's this little, like, they're at war, but we're not going to do this. There's this little cat and mouse thing going. And I don't know how long those kind of, like, unwritten rules that they're following continue to, to hold up, you know? Yeah. And like you said, and getting going back to the casualties, you know, hey, the more casualties that come back to Russia, the more parents that have to bury their kids, right? The more people get get ticked off. That stuff gets old real quick with with populations, which is a lot of people. When it's hard to justify, I mean, Stalingrad, they could they could justify it, right? You had you had Germany, sit, you know, coming in to wipe out their entire nation was surrounding it. So you have this. It, it, you run into this bigger problem when it's like, hey, we're losing all this over these three breakaway republics in Ukraine or whatever's going on. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and you brought up a good point. He can't just turn tail and run. It, even if he's losing badly, he cannot just abandon the whole thing because the stakes are too high right now. Too many people have lost their lives. All of this stuff has happened. And if he were to go back and say, eh, it didn't work, he would lose all credibility. And, and granted, I guess it doesn't matter when you're a dictator like him. You just... If you don't like what somebody says, you just kill him. But um, he, 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 yeah. I don't think he can. So it would almost, you know, it almost have to escalate. You would think. I wonder if his ego, if his ego on the world stage could handle that. You know, like he got his ass kicked. I, 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 I don't know if he could handle that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guarantee you he couldn't because it takes a certain type of personality to be that maniacal dictator, the Kim Jong-un, the Putin, uh, that type of person yeah. the, over in China too, whatever the hell his name is. Uh, it takes that certain type of narcissistic attitude like that. Yeah, it's cool. just interesting to see or or I guess to watch where all this stuff goes because I don't, I don't really have – I mean, it's great that Ukraine is winning or, or making progress – but I don't see it. I don't see Putin waving the white well, flag and saying, "Okay, you know what? No, and America, all this American money and all this these American weapons. I didn't expect that, so I'm going home." And and if we go and if you take in if you go into it with the mindset that, hey, what we're seeing and what we're being told is bullshit from all sides, because there's ulterior motives all around, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he was in there supporting those breakaway republics in the Donbass early on with, with private military contractors and other shit. So there's all kinds of like little side reasons and stuff that all these power players have going on in this, you know, we're, I think we're seeing, we're looking at it and we're seeing it through a straw, you know? So I, I would, what I think what's happening in the periphery that we don't have much visibility in is really what's driving this. And again, I, I think it'll be the next, you know, we'll see going into through winter. By February, I think it's going to pressure test everybody with the energy and all that stuff. So it'll be an interesting six months. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Into the Wilderness is talking about everything just skipped on him. Uh, it was my my internet took a dump on me for a couple minutes, so <laughs> you didn't miss much. We're just still talking about Ukraine. 
So at any rate, everyone, my uh, my internet's being uh, weird. So instead of just completely going out on you, I figured we could actually say goodbye this time rather than just cutting off. Uh, but we will continue this this topic that I was talking about about the the Democrats spending money to get these uh, right wing candidates elected or or into the primaries. That way, they're easy to, to get to defeat. But uh, should be an interesting story. We're also going to talk about the World Economic Forum, their 2030 agenda. Uh, that's, that's always a, a fun topic because that's eight years away. <laughs> I mean, not that long. So, uh, and who knows what what comes comes to fruition with their whole plan? But it's interesting all the stuff they want to do. So, and then of course Fauci. Yeah. We'll talk about him too on Sunday. So that'll be a good show on Sunday. Uh, you have anything to add before my internet goes craps out again on me, Brian? <laughs> no, man. Thanks. That was a good show. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it, everyone. Sorry we had to cut it a little bit short, but uh, we'll make for up for it on Sunday. Uh, appreciate it, and we will talk to you all later. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Survival Preppers. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to join us on YouTube for our weekly live shows. For more information or to connect with Duff and Dale, visit thesurvivalpreppers.com or thebugoutlocation.com for members-only content and prepping courses. See everyone next time.